This episode of the Austin Spotlight is an interview I did with Krista Large, nutritionist at Living Large Wellness. Krista has a mission to guide her clients to discover the body, health, and lifestyle that feels best for them while still maintaining and living life to the fullest. Krista is about experiencing life, dreaming big, setting goals, and aligning her health with her values. I hope you enjoyed the episode and would love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast. This is Troy Schlicker with the Austin Spotlight, and I am happy to be joined today by Krista Large. Uh, she is a nutritionist, um, amongst other many exciting things we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but really appreciate you taking the time to jump on and chat today. Of course. Thanks for having me. So, uh, like I mentioned, you're a nutritionist. Um, uh, and like most Austinites, I don't believe that you're, nat- you're natively from Austin. You're kind of one of the multitude of us who have kind of migrated here for a lot of different reasons. What's kind of a little bit about your origin story and background? Yeah, so I am originally from Texas. I grew up in the Houston area from the Woodlands, right. Texas. And then I decided to go to a school very far away in Mississippi. So I lived there for five years. And then when I moved back to Houston, I lived in the downtown area was actually struggling to make friends while I was there. And Austin was just somewhere that I would migrate to on the weekends. And it seemed like I was coming here so frequently that I decided to find a job here and, and moved here in 2015. Very nice. So you've been here, you know, seven years now. So that's, you know, pretty, pretty tenured as far as a lot of Austinites go with how fast the city is growing. It seems like so many people have only been here in the last, have only moved here in the last year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was there anything I mean obviously you mentioned kind of friends but like how what kind of kick-started that deciding to go to Austin I'm sure it can't be hey you know I'm not I don't have a lot of close friends here in Houston let's just automatically drive three hours away to to go try and meet friends what was kind of your initial in to Austin sure so growing up and you know somewhat close to Austin I had a lot of friends that went to UT or Texas A&M and then ended up some, a lot of them moved to Austin too. So I had relatives and then friends here. And then also being a health nut, I just found that there weren't as many options in Houston. I mean, there's a, a lot of things to do there and a lot of food there, but I felt like this was more of a place that it was more of a, uh, majority thing rather than a minority yeah, yeah more, more kind of a fabric of the community right like obviously both cities are so huge that you're going to have people on both sides of mm-hmm. the health and wellness spectrum but I, I would say Austin does um overall tend to seem to gravitate a little bit more towards being active being outdoors uh trying to be uh, a little more health conscious whole food starting here all those kind of things so totally were did so when you went to school did you, did you go to the university of mississippi then or i sure did yep okay university so did you go nice yeah mm-hmm. did you go there um with the in, um with the intent of becoming a nutritionist i knew that i yes i did i i ended up starting actually there as a um pharmaceutical major and then it ended up changing it i would say halfway into my freshman year I was really allured by the amount of money that they said pharmacists <laughs> would make. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll do that. And then, you know, a little bit through the curriculum, I was like, eh, yeah, no. This, I, doesn't, this, this, this doesn't sound fun having to study for the next seven years. And Totally. Yeah. 
and totally. deal, deal with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nice. So, uh, and had you always been into kind of health and wellness? Was that something that you um, had been into from an early age? Yeah. So, I mean, my last name's large, like that's my actual last name. And so just growing up like that, there was always a desire to not be large and not be overweight or anything. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there's no kids that ever made fun of that being your last name because totally. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But luckily I could back it up with, you know, generally being in pretty good shape growing up. And actually I had a little bit of a obsession with it when I was in high school. Mm. I remember being in a dance class one year and almost getting to the point to where I felt like I was going to faint. And I saw myself in the mirror looking back at me and I was just, I was very thin and I was working very hard to keep it that way to stay around a hundred pounds. I was also a cheerleader and I was a flyer. So I be started to develop this obsessive relationship with, with being skinny and mm-hmm. not eating. And I just kind of, it was one of those moments in life when I was like, wow, I, I really have a choice here. I can continue to go down this path and harm myself and harm the people around me, or I can see if I can do this in a way that serves me better and pursue an education and, and do this in a healthy way where I could still be lean and fit, but without it corrupting my, my, my brain and sure. my, my body. Yeah. My life. And that's awesome. You're able to, to re- have that self-realization at such young age, because I think that's, um, can be a challenging thing, right? There's unfortunately a lot of people who go the other way for, you know, while overall Americans tend to be, you know, overweight or, you know, not exercise enough, not eat healthy enough as a general rule, there definitely are plenty of people who go to the other side of the spectrum and at such a young age to kind of realize that you were headed down that road and make that shift is awesome that you um, were able to do that. Yeah. Such a blessing. Yeah. So with having, you know, so you get your degree, you're living in Houston for a little while. Did you initially start your own business right off the bat or were you, did you go into, um, you know, another corporate company or how did, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, great, great question. So the goal for any nutrition student who wants to complete the entire path of nutrition and become the, the goal is to become a registered dietitian. And the way that it works is similar to doctors. Basically, you graduate from your undergraduate and then you apply to an internship program. And this can be within a master's degree or this can be at some sort of hospital or cl- uh, clinical program. The way that it works is you have to apply to, I think it's just a few, and they also have to want you to. So it's a matching system. And because there are, at the time, there were half the number of internship positions as there were applicants, it became very competitive. So I just remember, you know, it was April 21st, 2014, when I got my letter that I didn't get matched. And I thought it was one of the worst days of my life. So I decided, okay, I don't want to go to, I don't, I want to be done with college. I'm just going to move to Houston. I just want to get a job. And I had some family members who worked in oil and gas. So there was this job as a document control specialist that I was like, okay, it's a job. I'll take it, you know, making, I think it was $19 an hour. 
and uh, actually tried to work my way up that corporate ladder for a while mm-hmm. and then quickly realized, you know, this isn't, this isn't my path. But throughout that time, I, I lived really close in Houston to Lakewood church, like the huge church. Mm-hmm. And I went one time with one of my family members and I saw in a pamphlet, they were looking for a health educator as part mm-hmm. of a volunteer program, like once a week. I applied for the program and I ended up uh, getting the job. And so every week on a Monday night, I co-taught a health and nutrition class that grew from basically like five people all the way up to 75 people. And it was, you know, 90 minutes of material every week. And I was like, wow, I feel super passionate about this. I I definitely want to continue my journey with nutrition. It doesn't have to stop here. And I knew I wanted to move to Austin. I was searching around on the job forums and found this company called Onnit, which is based mm-hmm. in Austin. Looked in their job portal and saw that they were looking for a document control specialist. I was like, yes. okay, my name's all over that. I ended up applying for that job, got the job. On day one, they changed my job title from document control to quality assurance. So I ended up working at Onnit for a solid four years of my life. And while there working for the supplement company, I quickly became very infused with their fitness curriculum Mm -hmm. and ended up starting to teach classes at the gym and started to train clients personally, ended up racking up over 15 certifications while I was there. And shortly after that, you know, that's when, when I moved on from the gym, that's when I decided to start my business, which is about two, a little over two years ago at this point. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, like, say <laughs> very cool that you got to come here, here and work for a company that's definitely based around health and fitness, but you're in was your job as a quality control specialist. Yeah. Having that position. Th- so that's, that's very unique. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned about two years ago is when you decided to start your own, uh, your own company doing nutrition, you know, for yourself, for clients, what kind of prompted you decide to make that transition? Was it something you were, uh, just super passionate about? Was it the fact that you were kind of doing the same thing within the on it, uh, system anyway? Yeah. Several reasons. So at the time I was a full-time personal trainer, And that job was super hard on my body, just, you know, like having a 6am class and then like classes throughout the day, clients throughout the day, going all the way until, you know, 9pm. Like a lot of the days it was just, it was rough on my body, like wasn't getting a lot of sleep. And so I knew that it was a very short term thing anyways for me. And then I was noticing with my one on one personal training clients, Yes, they were getting stronger. Yes, their posture was getting better. They were building more confidence, but they weren't getting that uh, lean fat loss type of results that they wanted. And so I was like, okay, if I really want to make a difference in people's lives, we got to be able to fix this nutrition piece. And that's what really prompted me to start it. So yeah, having just the rough life and not really making the kind of money that I wanted to make too. And then also being able to or also knowing that I could help people in a, a very impactful way too with food. Nice. Yeah. Be, being a personal trainer in any kind of gym setting is a lot more challenging I think, than a lot of people realize. Like you say, you're really on a lot of other people's schedules. Not, not that you still don't have to do that a little bit, 
with where you're currently at, but, but like you also mentioned, the more we're learning about exercise science and health and wellness, like the more exercise is just one piece of the puzzle. And so, you know, and that's where really probably as far as you can go uh, in that within a company, right? We're now being kind of on your own. Now you can do those other components of it, which are just as crucial as making it into the gym. Mm-hmm. So do you have kind of a favorite component of that? Like, do you, so, you know, is the, obviously you have the degree in nutrition, you've been a personal trainer. Is there kind of one area that you obviously have to focus on all of them, but one area that you kind of enjoy uh, digging into more than the others? Sure. I actually really enjoy the consultation process and the sales process. I mean, of course, I love what I'm doing, but my favorite part is when I I really get to know somebody for the first time and hear what they're struggling with and to just like hear from them like, hey, I'm so ready to change. And they are essentially reaching out and like holding out their hand. And so that's my favorite part is just being like, yes, you know, I'm I feel energetically like this is a good match. I'm ready to help you. And then just getting them on board it. It's, it's like the st- stuff starts to change the moment they say yes. So I would say that that's really my favorite, my favorite part. You, you can, you can foresee how this is going to impact them in a month, six months, a year. And so that very first, the, the fact that they've crossed that threshold and have decided to start taking action is exciting because you know where it's going to, going to lead to where, I think for a lot of people, it's still exciting to kind of mm-hmm. take action. Right? Like we are, you're generally motivated when you first start something. But if you if it's been a long time since you've really been in shape, or if you've never been in shape, it's a lot. It's much harder, if not impossible, to really envision and believe the and the outcomes that are you're capable of. Yeah, that's a really great perspective. It's like it's like unlocking potential. Mm-hmm. And, and just being able to see that within somebody. Yeah. So one of the other cool things that you do on the side is you're a DJ. Yes. And how did you, which I assume is why you got the big headphones on there. That's how you're used to kind of listening to stuff <laughs> yeah. and, and, and rocking out that way. What is, um, how, how did that come about? Was it something that you've um, always kind of been passionate about and dabbled in or? Yeah, so growing up, I always loved this particular style of electronic music called house. And my friends used to make fun of me in high school when I was 17. I would jam to it in my car. And it's just been a theme in my life. It's it's what it means to me is, you know, listening to the music, it's generally positive. It's very inclusive. It uh, Just the energy of house music is is so loving and inviting and fun and high vibration and uh it's not really breakup songs or anything sad about it (laughs) which I love about it too and then the BPM is really great and um so I've always listened to it and during 2020 I ended up getting linked up with somebody who became a nutrition client of mine Got to know this man a little bit more and turns out he was a DJ out on 6th Street, like played in Austin, has a really good name for himself for about 20 to 25 years. And he, we ended up throwing a party and had him come DJ and just having him right there in proximity, like sparked my mind. 
backstory on this, I have a list of 100 things that I want to do in my life, like 100 mm -hmm. goals and accomplishments. And DJ a party was one of them. So anytime I see an opportunity come into my life, that's on that list, I, I know that it's, there's a reason for it. And so I asked him, hey, I would love to learn from you. Would you be willing to, to teach me? And he ended up, yeah, like saying yes and, and spent quite some time with me, allowed me to come play on his equipment. So I knew that if I was actually going to get good at this and go anywhere with this, I would need to invest in all the equipment too. So bought all this stuff. And this is around the time when things just started to open up a little bit more in Austin. People started to throw their own private parties. So right off the bat, I was able to get a couple, you know, free gigs and then a couple paid gigs and then just started throwing our own parties too. Nice. Very cool. Uh, so I'm going to have to backtrack. So you okay. have a list of 100 things that you want to accomplish yes. in life. What was the genesis for that? Like went around what time did you kind of decide to put something like that together and what prompted that? Sure, sure. So I wish I could say that it was originally my idea, but it's not. I was going through a little bit of a rough time in life where I was feeling like I needed to be somebody else who I was not. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to fit into this box of being this smart, sexy trainer that like works, you know, at this place and needs to fit into this kind of box. And I actually drove myself crazy trying to be someone that I was not. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard this podcast from this guy, I think his name is Sebastian. And I'm pretty sure he wrote the book called 100 Things. Right. His whole premise was that he was younger and he wasn't really sure what he wanted to do with his career. But at least he knew he wanted to do this. And some of those things were like, I can't remember any of his specific examples, but, you mm -hmm. know, like silly things like on some things on my list is like squash wine grapes with my feet and learn to saber champagne with like a cool knife and uh to ride in a hot air balloon so i was you know kind of in that same spot where hey i i i don't want to fit in this box anymore like what do i want what do i want to do what kind of life experiences do i want to have and so i started just i made an evernote and just started writing the first 40 came to me really easily. And then I've generally just left it open. Anytime that something sparks my interest, I write it down. So I have about 69 things that on there. And, you know, hopefully I have a lot of life left to live. And I just keep adding and attacking. And anytime I'm feeling bored or uninspired, or maybe there's like extra time on my plate, I reference the list and I'm like, okay, what can I, what can I tackle this year, this month? Nice. Well, um, uh, you know, again, so like uh, for time reference, you about how far, how far into that journey are you? Has it been a couple, you know, a year or two, five, 10 years? Yes, I am 31 now. I believe I created the list when I was 27 or 28. Okay. So maybe three or four years. So years ago. And then out of the, you say roughly 69 mm -hmm. uh, on there, do you know, do you know about how many you have accomplished? 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's a good, you know, you know, couple. And again, cause they're not, not that you couldn't do potentially multiple of them in a day, but like say they're you know, a little bit bigger things. So, you know, get, knocking off a few of them um, yes. each year. And I'm mm -hmm. sure that I'm sure it probably will start to gain steam and momentum for you as well. 
uh, to totally. Eddie, be, uh, even more focused on. So that's, that's super cool. Um, so with being a DJ, with um, kind of your focus, your website, you know, living large wellness. Um, I know one of the things we've talked about when I say talk about basically emailed or, or DM back and forth is kind of that whole, kind of that holistic wellness approach. You know, it's something I think that obviously you have a huge passion for you've turned it in your career. I have a passion for it because I, it's definitely a big part of my life, but um, what are some ways that people, right? We're in February. So we're people are maybe starting to lose some steam if they haven't already on some of those new year's resolutions that, or they're thinking Lake time is right around the corner. So I need to get in shape to have my, you know, Lake body. What are some things that you use to try to help stay motivated um, in your health and, and fitness and wellness journey? Yeah. So the, I think that there's different types of motivation styles that we have. So it's just a matter of like crawling into someone's head and asking a few simple questions. So one of them is like, do you fear what may happen if you don't do this? So I consider that to be more of a like consequence-based motivation. So for that person, it'd be really advantageous if they set up some sort of accountability agreement that has a consequence to it. So I'm thinking right off the top of my head, money. So maybe if they were to, you know, if I was like, all right, I'm going to give you $500, Troy. And if I don't reach my goal, I want you to keep it. Like that would be really, that's a pretty big consequence that in my mm -hmm. mind would make me take a little bit of action. So that's, that's one of them. Um, another one would be like a mentorship motivation. So some people just love having like paying for a coach or having someone else there. Like I'm investing in this and I'm bypassing all of your mistakes and all of my mistakes to hear what I need to do. And I follow rules when I'm being told what to do. So that's another motivation style. Number three would be partnership. So maybe that is, you're one of those people that puts everybody else first and you're more likely to show up when you know that someone else is going to be there too. Mm -hmm. If you tell your friend that you're going to run the lake at 7 a.m. and you wake up, and, but you know that they're going to be there and you don't want to let them down, that's another way to stay motivated is to have that accountability partner do that thing with you. Then there's another one I call big, scary goals. So the big, scary goals is something that really freaks you out and it has a timeline to it. So let's just say you book this trip and you have your flights, you have your hotel paid for that date's not moving. Yep. So that's, that's like this shiny thing at the end. And maybe it's not a trip. Maybe it's a race that can't yeah. move or maybe it's a photo shoot or something like that. So some people need yeah. weddings I mean, a wedding. Yeah. 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 So some people need that big, scary thing to push them a little bit more. And then the last thing would be reward driven motivation. So some people love extra credit. They love having that prize. They know that if I do this, this is going to be a rewarding behavior. It's like saving money to invest later. Like you, save the money you see the account rise it's wow but you know it doesn't have to be with money it can be with you know working really hard that week and then buying yourself a massage or treating yourself to something nice so those are just five examples and it's fun to just 
answer a couple of questions and get into someone's head and see what actually motivates them. Sure. What's going to spur them. Yeah. It's kind of funny. As I was asking a question, I realized I kind of did a social media post yesterday. It wasn't specifically fitness related, but it kind of was, it I basically kind of mentioned that discipline overrides motivation. Uh, yeah. you, kind of like you mentioned with that, you know, if you have that friend that, that you said you're going to be out there for, like if you don't, doesn't mean you may not be motivated every day to go to the gym. And I think that's probably something that people who maybe aren't as, um, or, you know, who want to be more physically fit or want to go to the gym more and, and stuff don't realize about people who do go to the gym is that we're not necessarily super motivated every day. It's just kind of become a habit and just what you do, right? Because the same way you need to eat every day, you need to go work out every day because it's going to pay dividends in the long run. Totally. One book that I really love that I'd recommend to anybody who's looking to be more disciplined or just find inspiration that they can do anything that they want to do is Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. He really breaks it down. And, and, and something that I use in my coaching practice is, you know, people ask, like, how can I get motivated? How can I stay motivated? And one thing that I like to say is, you know, motivation generally isn't the issue. Like motivation is simply a desire. Like you desire to change on some level. Sometimes it's generally a lack of clarity on what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, where you're going to do it and how you're going to do it. And if we can get really specific with answering all those questions, then people like there, there's less questions and less ambiguity around it. It's like, this is your opportunity. Now it's just your, you know, decision to, to move forward and do it or, or yeah. not. If, if you, if you know, if you have a map for the path that you need to take, it's a lot easier to keep taking those steps, right? Because you know how you, you understand where that journey is going to lead to versus again, it's another thing for people that are newer to the gym or newer to health and fitness is that it can be kind of intimidating. And so not really understanding how to put a program together to work mm -hmm. out or even nutrition wise as well too. And then like I say, there's a lot of people who also feel like if they have one bad day, you know, one day they miss the gym or one day that they have the uh, Dairy Queen blizzard that suddenly everything's for not. And that's not the case either. Right. Like it's, you're hopefully unless there's that specific goal, unless it's, Hey, I need to, do this because I, I really want to do this because of, you know, getting married or going on that trip. But if it's really a lifetime goal, then that's a long race that you get to run. And so it's really about building those habits over time versus any one particular day. Totally, totally building the habits, but also designing the habits to like getting very, very clear on what you're doing and how you're doing it and when it's going to take place. And that's why you know, coaching is great too, because it's my job to help someone figure that those specific questions out. Yeah, very nice. Uh, one of the cool things that uh, you've been able to do is write for our digital magazine, The Austin Spotlight. And I really loved your article this past month about um, finding good places to go out and have fun, right? Because no one is going to be able to stick to, very few people can stick to a health schedule that's just chicken and rice all the time even the right. people who do chicken and rice all the time only do it for a portion of the year uh type totally. of thing and so uh so it's awesome to um hear about and see uh recommendations from a nutritionist from a health professional on places to go and have fun and not feel um 
that you're not still kind of staying on track. I don't know if you remember any of those specific places you were talking about or kind of the concept there, but I'd love to hear more about that too. Sure. So this, this list really came out of a personal journey that I went on this past fall when I was actually having some problems with my gut, something called dysbiosis, where that basically means that, you know, we have all these, this flora, this bacteria, yeast, whatever, we got a lot going in there. It's like outer space, but sometimes that can become like we have a lot more bad bacteria or we may have like viruses and pathogens and parasites. And so I was having a little bit of dysbiosis and did a food sensitivity test just to find out, you know, how can I calm my immune system down? What foods are triggering this? Because if we have gut problems and then we're eating a bunch of foods that are essentially inflammatory, it's like throwing lighter fluid on a fire. Mm. So when I did this test, I realized, oh my gosh, there's about 20 different foods that are inflammatory to my body. And I need to cut these out for some period of time. You know, where, where can I eat? Well, my friends asked me to go out to eat and just going to these different restaurants and finding just some places that will literally bring out an entire binder and say, okay, you have a, have an avocado sensitivity. Let's, and one of those places was picnic in Austin and uh, they're super accommodating and they know basically every single ingredient that's in their, in their foods. And they're able to really work with people who, you know, have food sensitivities or maybe just different dietary restrictions. Another place would be the well on second street. Let's see. And then a little bit more fast and casual places like honest Mary's. That's kind of like a Chipotle style where, you know, you pick your bowl and you're able to pick and choose rather than it being a set menu. That was another one, and I'm blanking on the others, but yeah, no, it's, but like say, it's, it's a, it's just something. To, it's like I say, it's just good to know because like, you know, I think a lot of people when they first jump into the space, you hear, oh, you can't have this, and you can't have that. In reality, you can really kind of do whatever. You can't you can't do everything that you want, but you can kind of tailor in almost any specific thing that you want. Right? Like if you really still, hey, I've got, I can't get chocolate out of my life because I love sweets or I can't take, you know, I don't want to take this out of my life. Like life, like the point of living healthy is to have a good long life. And so a good long life includes the things that you enjoy, not, not uh, banishing those from your life. Totally. There's always a solution. Yeah. So I really appreciate you taking the time to, to jump on and, and kind of chat about it for people that are trying to have, might have their, might want to start their journey or have kind of more specific information or questions, what's kind of the best way to follow you or kind of get in touch with you? Sure. So my Instagram at large Krista is, is a, I would say my most active platform at the moment. And in there, you'll find a link to my website and my bio. And that is where you can find a little bit more information about, you know, what kind of work I do a little bit more about my journey, some of my client testimonials as well. And for anybody listening, that's, livinglargewellness.com living with a g oh and then one more plug if that's okay yeah for sure yeah i have a mixcloud for my dj stuff and so you can go to mixcloud.com and then search sister krista xoxo and just listen to some of my music if you are throwing a party in austin and are looking for a female dj that's where you can find a little bit about what i'm about nice is that on the website as well too is there a link there's not 
Yeah, I could I could write that down. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Do you have do you have any upcoming parties or DJ gigs? I do. This so I am a resident DJ for one of my friends in town. She her name's Jen Beltry, and she every week at almost every week at Antone, she does a disco cardio dance class. Okay. So I play for her sometimes. And this particular weekend, she's collaborating with one of our other friends named Delaney McGuire, and he's throwing a woke brunch. So it's going to be basically a dance party and then a brunch, rooftop brunch afterwards for people just to connect. And I'll be playing music for the whole thing. Awesome. That'll be fun. Hopefully the weather is supposed to be good. So that'll be even more fun. Totally. Totally. Very nice. Cool. Well, I, again, appreciate you taking the time and uh, definitely check her out. Uh, it's been fun getting to know her and seeing all the cool stuff she's got going on. So appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. Everyone have a great day.